This time we turn to the reading and preaching of God's word by turning in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Beginning at verse 22, I'll read to chapter 6, verse 4. I would like to begin a brief series on God's blueprint for the family as laid out for us here in God's word. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 22, let us now hear God's word. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Thus far the reading of God's holy word. Let's ask his blessing in a time of prayer. Father in heaven, we pray that you, O God, would give us ears to hear and eyes to see the truth of your word, to believe your word, and to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you have placed in our lives as Christians. We pray, O Lord, that you would open our hearts and perform divine heart surgery on us, that we all are transformed and renewed in our minds and hearts by your grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, I recently came across a book that kind of shocked me. Really shouldn't be shocked when I read titles of books lately, because you're Probably going to read something that's going to be quite controversial and provocative, and indeed this book was, very, was just that. The book was Abolish the Family, a Manifesto for Liberation. Abolish the Family. The thesis of the book is the family is a private entity that should be essentially socialized. <laughs> In other words, mom and dad, you don't have what it takes 
to raise your children. You know I spent a lot of, a few sermons, quite a few, preaching in God's word as it relates to the days in which we live with wokeism and progressivism and all the ideologies we see in this world that are a great danger to the Christian life and to Christian families and to the church. As I see the attack upon the church and upon the family, as a pastor, I see the great need to continue the course and to show us, all of us, from God's word, God's blueprint for the family, God's blueprint for marriage, God's blueprint for children. I don't have to tell you that the family is under attack. It's always been under attack by the evil one since the fall. We believe that God's blueprint for marriage in the family is the way to a fruitful and blessed life in the home. And when God's people stray from that blueprint or abandon God's word altogether, then the marriage experiences grief and suffering and potentially becomes compromised. There are broken marriages that end in divorce. But you know what? There are marriages where two people just exist in the home. We're not like them who are divorced. But what's going on in your home? Husband and wife just existing in the home. Unhappy marriages. They live together, but unhappy. Unfulfilling. Let's just say not the way it's supposed to be. So for the next several Sunday evenings, I'll preach a number of sermons from Ephesians 5, 22 to chapter 6, verse 4. Tonight we look closely and carefully at verses 22 to 24, God's will for wives. Wives, what is God's will for you? What's, God, what's his blueprint for your life and calling? What does God require of you in your marriage? The word of God says, wives, submit to your husbands. Submit means to place yourself under or arrange yourself under someone who is in a position of authority. To be subordinate to someone else. And in my introduction in this morning's sermon, I made the point from birth, you're submitting yourself under someone. <laughs> Everyone submits themselves under someone else. The word submit is loathed, scoffed by the feminist movement, by liberal theology, by liberals and all those who would like to liberate women from the bondage of men. That is what's believed out there, that women are in bondage to their husbands. And women, you need to be released from that bondage, freed, abolish the family. Is that what Jesus calls us to do? Is that what the Bible, is that what God calls us to? I 
They would like to liberate women from the bondage of a biblical, traditional marriage. But yet they cannot escape the very word submit either, can they? They hate the word, but practice it themselves. You remember many years ago, there was that movement, the Promise Keepers. Well, there, I forgot where it was at. There was a Promise Keepers event, and there was an organization called NOW. NOW stood for National Organization of Women, and they were pro protesting at the venue, and they were protesting the word submit. They hated the word submit. They believe that women are being treated as second-class citizens in traditional marriages, in Christian homes. And during the conference, the president of NOW said in a TV interview that they opposed women submitting to men. She then turned to the VP, another woman, and said to, to her, go do these certain tasks for me. In the very same breath, she gives orders to a woman. To this, a pastor who witnessed it said, well, if the word submit is that bad, why are you, the president, calling the VP a woman and asking you to do something based on your word? The pastor goes on to say, you see, it's only a bad word when it's in an arena we don't like. Right? It's a bad word only if it's in an arena we don't like. God's will is good. God's will is perfect. It's good for the soul. It's actually freedom. Freedom. Not bondage, it's freedom. To be in God's will is to be free in Jesus Christ. And Paul can still say, a man who knew the grace of God, he can still say, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For this is the role of the Christian wife. This is the role of the Christian wife, submission to her own husband. Let's look first at that point. The role of submission Paul moves from the general relationships to specific relationships. Previously, in verses 15 to 21, he, he, he tells the Christians there to watch carefully how you walk, to be wise, not unwise, because the days are evil. He then says at verse 21, submitting to one another, well, verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. See, we're all called to submit to one another. We're indebted to one another. We're indebted to love one another and keep the unity of the body of Christ. We therefore are called and commanded by God to submit to one another. But now Paul addresses more specific relationships between husbands and wives, parents and children, saying, wives, submit to your own husbands 
as to the Lord. He doesn't say, wives, love your own husbands. He says, wives, submit to your husbands. Now, is he saying that wives shouldn't love their husbands? No. Wives, love your husbands. Of course, wives should love their husbands. In fact, it is love that moves and guides the love of Christ, guides the wife to then submit to her husband. We need to remember the teaching of the Bible on marriage. When in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he created man, Adam. And in all God's creation, there was not one suitable for Adam. There was not a suitable helper for Adam. And so God made woman out of Adam's own body. Don't miss that point. From Adam's body, not from the dust of the earth, but from Adam's body, God took a rib and made Eve. So Eve became flesh of Adam's flesh and bone of his bone. God made woman to have the role of helpmate or suitable helper. The woman is attached to the hips, so to speak, to her husband, positively speaking. And in marriage, the woman leaves father and mother and clings to her, cleaves to, or holds on to her husband, and the two become one flesh. The husband and wife are equal in worth and value. Each one finds their identity in Christ. Each one is one in Christ. There is neither male nor female. We're not talking about identity. We're talking about role now. The husband and wife complement each other, yet God gives each one a role. And God's will for wives is to submit to your own husband, to place yourself under your husband's leadership. What is the role of submission and what is it not? There's much from my examples and application that I'm going to draw from a very helpful book. It's an old book. It's been around a long time. Many of you know it. By Wayne Mack. Strengthening your marriage. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to offer some suggestions that he gives in his book, but kind of expand on it a little bit. When we talk about the role of submission, what are we talking about and what we aren't, aren't we talking about? So what is submission? When God's will for wives is to submit to your own, your own husbands, note your own husband, not the husband of someone else, but your own husband. Some other man, your own husband. Submission is willingly subjecting yourself to your husband's leadership and authority in the home. Keyword willingly. Note, Paul says, wives 
submit to your own husbands. He's not telling the husband to coerce his wife into submission. He's not calling the husband to be rude and oppressive and grab the wife by the wrist, pull her down and say, you must submit to me. That happens in the home, repent. Wives, submit to your own husband. It is willingly subjecting yourself to your husband's leadership and authority in the home, which comes from God himself. Remember, as to the Lord, you submit to your own husband. Submission is also a lifelong, continuous commitment. I don't feel like submitting today. I think I'll submit tomorrow, but not today. I'm, I'm done. It's not optional. There's no sabbaticals. Submission is spiritual and positive. It's spiritual and positive because spiritually it's an obedience to God's word. Remember, wives, submit to your own husbands as to who? The Lord, which makes it spiritual in nature. And therefore, positive. Because when you're doing something that the Lord commands, that the Lord knows what is best for you, it is a positive, positive command with a positive outcome. Blessing. Fruitful marriage. Fourth, submission is freedom and not bondage. One author says, submission is freedom to be creative under divinely appointed authority. Submission is to be free, to be creative under divinely appointed authority. And I'm going to unpack this a little bit by bringing some examples from the book and the points of application. And so this is what submission is. It's a willing, willingly subjecting yourself to your husband's leadership and authority in the home because this is what God calls you to. It is a lifelong, continuous commitment. It is spiritual and positive. And submission is freedom, not bondage. What is not submission? First of all, submission is not just a command for wives. Because as I said earlier, we're in a position of submission. Verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So everyone is in a position where we submit to someone else. And here we have a role that a wife fulfills according to God's word to submit just like we would submit in whatever role that we are called to. Second, submission is not slavery in the home. It is not bondage in the home. 
where the wife feels shackled. You keep your wife in your place. You, you need to know your place, woman. Is that the loving expression of a husband? Dare, dare say not. Submission is not silencing the wife and her opinions or thoughts. It is not silencing your wife's opinions or thoughts. Submission is not making the wife inferior to her husband in worth or value. That's the meaning. And lastly, but not least, <clears throat> submission, says Mac, is not suppressing a wife's gifts and talents to be used for the Lord and his kingdom. Friends, all of these points come from Proverbs 31. Because when you look at Proverbs 31, you see a woman who is used for God and his family. Your wife has gifts, men. Wonderful gifts. Wonderful talents. Wonderful counsel. Wise. Helpful. Submission is not suppressing those gifts and talents. Wives, it's God's will. to submit to your own husbands because the word of God commands it. In Colossians 3, verse 18, Paul says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And this role of submission was true before the fall and this role of submission is true after the fall. In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says, Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ and the head of a wife is her husband and the head of Christ is God. God made man to be in that position of authority in the home and the role of the wife is to be under the man's authority but not oppressed or suppressed or inferior in value or worth. Titus chapter 2, verses 3 to 5, Paul says to Titus, Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. When the wife submits to her husband it's the same as submitting to her own Lord who is the head of his body, the church. The role of submission 
Paul lays forth for us. It is God's will for wives to submit to their own husbands. Secondly, Paul provides an analogy of Christ and his body, the church. We read at verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Marriage reveals the profound mystery between Christ and his bride, the church. And we're going to talk about that more as we work through this series. But notice Paul uses the word body. He says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. The church willingly confesses and submits herself under the lordship of her savior, Jesus. The analogy of Christ and his body, the church, teaches us the proper roles within that relationship. Christ is the head. The church is the body. There's proper order. And when that order is maintained, there's peace within the body. In a Christian marriage and family, the husband and father of the home is the head of the home because it's grounded in God's creative order, God's creation mandate revealed in his word, and in the mystic union between Christ and his body. Eve came from Adam's body. We are one in Christ. We are one body where Christ is the head. We are taken from Christ, so to speak. He is our Savior. And so that analogy will, will be elaborated on further in coming sermons is brought forth immediately by Paul. That this analogy points to the roles of the husband and the wife. And that just as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit in everything to their husbands. That is God's blueprint for wives. Look to the analogy of Christ and his body. For that is pleasing to God. And in fact, it is a witness to the world of Christ and his Bride and the relationship between the two. Wives, when you submit to your husbands, you are demonstrating and showing whom you belong to, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is your Savior and Lord, and He calls you to place yourself under the authority of another. In a very visible and tangible way, a very concrete way, We see that mystic union between Christ and his body in the marriage of a husband and wife and when a wife submits to her husband. So perhaps the world hates biblical traditional marriage because essentially they hate Christ. Right? They hate Christ and the bride, the body.
Because the Christian marriage reflects that mystic union. The role of submission, the analogy of Christ and his body, the church. Lastly, the scope of submission or the extent of submission. How far do you go in submission? Verse 24, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Does everything mean everything? Does all things mean all things? Or does it mean all things lawful? So if a husband is a tyrant and abuses his wife, does she have to submit to him if he requires her to do something unlawful, ungodly, wicked, against God's word? Paul doesn't have this in mind. In everything lawful according to God's word, wives submit to your own husband. This includes when husbands don't even obey the word themselves. As 1 Peter 3 says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So perhaps you have now an unbelieving husband or one who has fallen away but isn't harsh or a tyrant towards the wife. The wife is still called to be respectful and honor her husband. In the course of ministry, I've seen this beautifully worked out. Where a wife submitted to her husband, even when her husband was so far from the Lord, and she was persistent. She loved her husband. She took seriously the oath she made before God to submit to her husband. Her husband didn't persecute her, didn't tell her she couldn't go to church, didn't tell her that she couldn't bring her children to church. He was fine with all that. But in time, God answered her prayer and the husband was restored. The scope of submission or the extent of submission also includes this congregation. Now the wife may be stronger in faith. The wife may be biblically or even theologically more astute than the husband. The wife may have higher degrees of education. The wife may have better ideas or more wisdom. 
But these characteristics are not justification to say, I don't need to submit to my husband because I have more to offer than him. I'm wiser than him. I'm smarter than him. Husbands, yes, our wives. <laughs> There's such great value and worth. The gifts that God has given them to bless us and encourage us. We need to put away our pride, our arrogance, throw away the submission card. Maybe we need to hear and heed their wisdom. But the wife can't say that because I'm stronger in faith or I'm intellectually smarter or have better ideas or opinions, have a higher degree of education, she can't use that as justification for why she doesn't submit. Yes, she has many blessed gifts to glorify God and to serve her husband and to find great joy in her calling. She's still called to submit to her husband, her own husband. I heard someone illustrate it this way about this point I'm making. The husband is driving a car down the road. Let's say it's a Ford utility car. You're driving down the expressway. And your wife, who is very bright, and she's like an 18-wheeler, merging on. God doesn't call the wife to run over her husband and take over leadership position. Yes, she has all the great gifts and blessings from God, the talents to bless that marriage, to support her husband. But the husband's still called to lead. To lead in the home, to be the head of the home. And the overwhelming amount of issues that we see in society and in the church is because that biblical prescription, that biblical God-ordained blueprint has been neglected. If you have the notes, flip them over. I want to give you some points of application that the, the author of this book brings out. I think they're very helpful, and I kind of reworded them a little bit. Um, but I have a few of them. Wives, knowing the command to submit to your own husbands is not the same as practicing them, is it? You can know something, but now practice them. What does that look like? How? How do I submit? And I think this author unpacks it well. It's not exhaustive, but it's enough to help start the conversation with your spouse. First, example of submission, making the home a safe place and an orderly place. Making the home a safe place and an orderly place. When the husband comes home, the home is a safe place for the children 
and in order. Second, trustworthy and dependable. A wife who submits to her own husband is one who is trustworthy and dependable. A confidant. A confidant. One you can trust. I remember when I was, when Carrie and I were married, and I remember the wedding message really well. Um, Both of us do, and it was very helpful. And one of the points that uh, our pastor made was this. Don't be like one of those couples who, when they are out in public, reveal secrets about each other or have something negative to say. So wives, when you are out with your friends, when you're rubbing shoulders with your neighbors, how do you speak about your husband? How do you speak about your husband? Now, a lot of these things are true of, of husbands to wives, so apply it, men, to yourselves as well when you think about your relationship with your wife. Third, maintain a good attitude and spiritual life. Fourth, discussing things lovingly, openly, and honestly. Discuss things lovingly, openly, and honestly. Communicate. During premarital counseling, I spend a significant amount of time talking about communication. And in fact, following the service, I have a sheet of paper back there on some guidelines for communication that you're free to take. It is very helpful that I work through with um, engaged couples that to learn how to lovingly and openly and honestly discuss views and opinions without demeaning or offending. Wives, be satisfied with your role, possessions, and tasks. Lord, this is the position you have called me to. This is the role that you have called me to. And because this is your will for my life, help me to fulfill it with gratitude. Remember, submission is freedom and not bondage. Six, be long-suffering and forgiving because your husband is a sinner. Seven, show an interest in his problems and concerns. An interest in his problems and concerns. Again, this goes to having a trustworthy and dependable partner, a confidant that you can depend on and go to, and the husband can come home and hear, know that his wife is hearing him out. Eight, be industrious, diligent, ambitious, and creative member in the relationship. After all, you're one flesh. Have the creative freedom to be industrious, diligent, ambitious, creative. Nine, lovingly offer suggestions, advice, and corrections when needed. Offer suggestions, advice, and corrections when needed. 
focus on the inner person. Wives, what do you focus on? Do you focus on inner beauty? Outer beauty is important. It is important. But inner beauty? Be beautiful inside. There needs to be a cooperation with your husband in the raising of children. A cooperation with your husband in the raising of children. Be grateful for your husband. Let him know that you're grateful for him, that you're thankful for God's gift. Show confidence in his decisions. When a husband receives an unhealthy amount of constructive, what is called oftentimes constructive criticism, well, it's actually critique, constant critique, negative critique. He begins to question his ability to lead his family and may feel like a failure and may feel like giving up. And so there are times where the wife needs to be confident in her husband's decisions. And here's the last point, not exhaustive, but here is the last one I want to give you. I think these are very practical things to conclude. Lastly, build loyalty to him in the children. I think this is one of the powerful points that this brother, Wayne Mack, brings out in this section here. Build loyalty to your husband in the children. Listen carefully. The wife's attitude toward her husband is known by the children. It is. Are your children being affected by this? No, they're too young. Eh, wrong. They know. They may not be able to express it like you want them to, but they are being affected and they are, they are creating a perception of their father. Wives, what kind of perception do you want your children to have of your husband and their father? Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, says Paul. This is God's will for wives. And let me end with this. We'll have plenty of time to talk about husbands because there's a lot of verses committed to them. We fall short. We fall short. I fall short as a husband. I do not love my wife as I ought. Wives fall short of submitting to their own husbands. And this is where together, the husband and wife come together and go before God and confess their sins. Confess to the Lord 
that we have not, the wife has not submitted and the husband has not loved and received God's pardon, received God's mercy, received God's cleansing through the shed blood of Jesus. For his mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So wives, be encouraged. Live in the freedom of this command. Live in the freedom of God's will for your life. And where you struggle, where you fail, where you have hard times, bring it to God in prayer. Seek his wisdom. Seek his grace. Receive his mercy in Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and the ways in which you teach us and lead us and guide us in the truth. And so often, Lord, the word of truth is very difficult for us to not only hear, but also to believe and apply. And so we pray, O oh Lord, that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see, that you would give us feet and hands that serve you and serve our spouses. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would be with the wives of our congregation here, that you would bless them, O oh Lord, and help them as they seek to fulfill your will for their lives and that they would honor you as they commit themselves to the marriage vows that they made to their husbands and before you. Oh, Father, grant your grace to them. Grant your mercy and grace to all the husbands here as well, that you, O oh Lord, teach us to love our wives as Christ loves his bride, the church. Pray this in your name.